Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Inner Fight Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's show. Hopefully, you caught up with last week's show. If you did and you enjoyed it, and I don't say this very often anymore. I used to say this a lot. Please take a moment and share it with someone that you think will also enjoy it. That's how the show grows, and that's how we're able to impact more people. This week, I have three gentlemen with me, voices that if you've listened to the show or you've been part of the Inner Fight community for a while, you will definitely be familiar with. Rob Foster, Tom Walker, and Rob Jones. They're here as we talk about an event that, event or challenge, call it what you will, that dates back to basically 2017 when Rob Jones and I first participated, shall we say, in an Into the Darkness challenge. I'll leave it at that. This is episode number 757 of the Inner Fight Podcast, Into the Darkness 2022 wrap-up with Rob, Rob, and Tom. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Inner Fight Podcast. I have three gentlemen with me, all very good humor. Rob Foster, welcome back to the show. Hello. <laughs> Excellent. This is going to be exciting. Tom Walker, no difficult questions, please. No, none. <laughs> if you haven't listened to Tom's show from the other week or watched the video version <laughs> or the trailer, you should have a look at it. Rob Jones. Hello again. How are we? Very good. We are here to talk, mate, we should actually kick this off and create a little bit of background on what Into the Darkness is, how it started, and the car journey to Jebel Hafeet. Do you okay. remember? <laughs> I don't remember the journey to Jebel Hafeet, actually. But I do remember... It's quite an important part of the story. Of course he doesn't. He's distracted already by leads in front of him. You're throwing leads in front of him. I can't do this. <laughs> yes, I do working. remember. I do remember. What do you oh, really? <laughs> Tom Walker can't hear anything. That's not a problem. Let me plug you in. Yeah, Rob Jones is fixing it up for him. We'll put him... There we go. He's going to... Oh, now I hear things. Yeah, uh, everyone hears things. So, going back to it. We obviously check all of the equipment before we start recording, but uh, sometimes not. Anyway, <laughs> Robert, yes. what do you remember? I remember you were into ultra cycling and you had a long training session. And mm. at the time I was training for Ironman. So I needed some running and some cycling. Correct. And we decided it would be a good idea to train at night time because it was super hot. And yeah. we thought, should we train through the entire night up and down Jebel Hafeet? That's actually correct. And so we decided to invite some people. Correct. Some people turned up. <laughs> Not many people stayed the entire night and it, <laughs> it was born. That's exactly right, mate. And we called it Into the Darkness. But it was, it was, darkness. It was actually a conversation that we had on the way down there where we're obviously not focused on the job at hand, but more focused on what we'd do for the same challenge the following <laughs> year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very naive of us to think that. <laughs> where we came up with the idea, or that's when we started to throw around the thoughts of 50K bike, 50K run, 50K bike in Alcudra. Yeah, because you, you started off, you were going to cycle the whole thing, but my plan was always to ride a bit, run a bit. And yeah. then Heidi was there. She was always going to run a bit. Yeah. Um, but we thought, oh, actually, this would be quite cool. We need a, a set distance. And what if we did two modalities but repeated it 
and tried to get it all done. And we, we were doing the maths. We were trying to figure out if we could get it all done before sunrise. Before sunrise, yeah. yeah. That was the initial. And then there was actually a bit of a mistake doing the first one on Jebel Hafeet because there's a hotel close to the top where when people got tired, they just went and slept in it. Ho- Holly went and slept in it. <laughs> it's a lovely hotel as well. The hot tub time machine hotel. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> actually don't think I've stayed there since. There's also a mistake as well starting at the top because whatever happened you had to finish with the hill rep yeah well is that a mistake or is no, that a good that's the thing? Right thing i think that's the right thing the right way okay yeah it was um so that's really when when the idea was born and then it was, it was supposed to be i think because that was mid to end of june of 2017 yeah and then we I think it was almost because what we're trying to do is get it on one of the shortest days of the year to go between sunset and sunrise. And then our third wheel turned up. (laughs) Top. (laughs) I think it was fourth, wasn't it? Fourth wheel. Well, we're not sure. I'm still speaking to Hurls whether which way around it goes. (laughs) But, mate, you decided that you would start working with us literally. Well, that week, 48 hours before. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what you thought when you heard these two idiots talking about this stupid idea. Good question. I uh, just remember that that was happening and you told me in London when we'd chatted. And yeah. so it made, made good sense for me to come out to do it. Having come from or having played with some triathlons, what was your expectation? And have you ever done a duathlon? Mm. Only in training. Only in training. Let's call the brick set, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what actually was, was your expectation? Uh, good question. I don't think I had many. I knew to just not get dropped. That was all I thought. Don't get <laughs> dropped, don't get dropped, don't get dropped. And follow, stick with you because you had the driver with the water and the nutrition. <laughs> Who was driving the car? Carlin? Mm, maybe. Or Ehrman. Maybe Ehrman. No, yeah, sir. It was, it was the patrol it? days. It was the patrol days. And I was. turned up with a, just a bag of date cookies. Yeah. Do you remember those? Yeah, I do remember. And, and a lot of uh, L-tyrosine amino acid. <laughs> Brilliant. Skinny was relaxing down in New Zealand during these times. Actually, maybe not even got there. Probably still getting lost in Africa. Indeed it was. <clears throat> Mate, when you first heard the idea or the concept of 50 50 50 what were your initial thoughts honest daft yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why ah uh, no i just thought it was absolutely outrageous to do that um it's just such a such a big thing that 50k run i mean at the time i was plodding around africa so not really had any clue about running marathons and i thought another 8k on top of that you having a laugh and then 50k back you having a laugh no but it was i was just like Jesus, when I saw you'd done it, I was like, holy, he's got himself in for right old town out there. You were stalking me on Instagram, were you? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Did you have Instagram back then? Nah. Yeah, Bobcam88. <laughs> Bobcam. <laughs> was that your Instagram name? That was step one of his onboarding. That was literally change your I Instagram name. You change your name. I was like, but I like Bobcam. <laughs> no, uh, just seeing it from afar, it just seems quite ambitious and quite big. I yeah. suppose it is when you're actually in it as well. But yeah, it was very, very cool. And it looked epic when you're out there on the bike track. Let's try and piece 2018 together. The ride was actually fine. I, I, I don't even remember, except the three of us and Hurls was with us for a short while. 
I remember being very confused because I didn't know what Alcudra was at that point. Right. And I remember <laughs> you guys explaining to me, it's, we will arrive back here in 50K. And I was like, I don't understand how without doing a U-turn, <laughs> but we did because we did a loop. And I remember chatting. I was chatting with you actually. Yeah, you sat it's the first time me. I ever met you. Yeah. And you rode a stork. So I was like, this guy knows obviously something. And then over the years, I realized more and more that you didn't. <laughs> and you... <laughs> <laughs> and now he's got a specialised mountain bike. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> no, I think we there was quite a lot of cyclists for that first for that first session, wasn't there? Yeah, there yeah. was a group. It was, and they were all behind us. And yes, I, we did quite a bit of work. Yeah, and I met the hills of Alcudra, if you like. <laughs> which wasn't hills. I remember thinking though, how are we going to run this? Mm. Really? Yeah, I remember that. Um. But I guess like anyone, you just have to start and slowly it started to tick off, tick off the case. I think the, what's probably one of my favorite pictures to sum it up, which is quite self-centered, is, is a picture of us three. And I think that was about at, it was either at about 18K or at about 25K. Mm. And I think not long after 25, we were together for most of that time. Well, we were together until 28, and then as right? we went up the hill, you two accelerated off, and I just stayed steady. You started to crank it up a bit. I think the new guy wanted to put his foot down. <laughs> no, he said to me, drop this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I said nothing of the sort. <laughs> I remember actually said, I was like, should we wait? And he was like, no, no, we'll just drop water off for him, mm -hmm. and he'll be sound. And I was like, it's fair enough. Who like, are these people? <laughs> it must be a hell of a guy to just be cool with that. And, and you were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Expect nothing less. He was full happy. And then... So we got, it actually wasn't that bad. No, it was smooth. Yeah. It was quite smooth, wasn't it? And we got back, but then the last ride was a little bit problematic. That was hectic. Yeah, I remember that. So I'd arranged three, I think there was only three of them. Yeah, it was. To come and ride for us and they were fresh. And I, I can't remember what we rode, but I remember there's a picture at the end, and it's it's a bit messy. Was that Mansour and everyone? Mansour yeah. and Kalfan and Hamad. They attacked with the mo the mosque. They attacked, and then it was just chaos from then on in. It's just because I still didn't know the outlay, although <laughs> I'd done it two times. I didn't exactly know where we were, <laughs> so I remember like going with him from the mosque, and then realizing that there's a sign that says like eight k to go, and I was like, well, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely incredible. You responded to the attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh I didn't goodness. change my position, but I definitely pushed harder. Na naturally. <laughs> Tom Walker-esque. 48 hours in the country, June 2018. <laughs> what was it? Like two in the morning and it was time to, time to cover an attack. Absolutely brilliant. Things have evolved and that's where we sort of, but it, it wouldn't be right to not give a little bit of background on how 50-50 50 came around. It actually started, the, fir the first time was in 2014 or 2015 when I first ran around Al Qudra, which was 50 Ks in 50 degrees. That was the first goal. Is that when it was? Yeah, that wow. was the first time. For those pictures that I shared the other day, that was 2015. Wow. And it was, I obviously thought I knew how to run because I'd just come back from MDS in like April and then we're like, it's August, we'll do 50K in 50 degrees. Kasim got the patrols stuck. It was absolute <laughs> carnage. Kasim, if you're listening, come back. <laughs> and Mad Max was giving dates and water and driving a, like a Toyota Corolla across the desert 
and managing not to get it stuck and Kasim had got the patrol stuck and so that, that's actually when the first sort of first time that was the first time I ran around it and I was like we can do some some interesting stuff so when Rob came up with the idea it was like it was brilliant and then we went sort of every year it's kind of it's quite interesting isn't it because it's it's I mean everyone's done it so it's an interesting challenge skinny maybe talk us through sort of how we don't want to know that you ran in your bib shorts we know that but you know, when you did it, mate, what, what did it, I don't know, what did it give you or how did it feel or was it what you thought it was when you first heard about it? I think it starts a little bit different with me, didn't it? Because I did the um, Into the Light first, so I had a, <laughs> I had a right awakening there. I was going to say you've done it twice, right? Yeah, did Into the Light, which was feral, but mm. amazing. I think that, I actually think that was a lot more experience giving than the Into the Dark because that was more, that was speed. Yeah. Um, I think Into the Darkness is something strange because the bike, Tom Walker just tries to rip your legs off. Incorrect. <laughs> Correct. Ride at tempo. We'll come to 2022 version <laughs> of anger <laughs> a little bit later on. Uh, and then the run, obviously you had um, technical difficulties with the car and... <laughs> then so what you've called it now. And yeah, the shoes I've, and the bib shorts. I've, um, I've just compartmentalized it <laughs> into technical difficulties. And then the run is, is interesting because it's, it's such a mind game. It's, a, I think, probably 95% mind over matter. And you just break it down. And if you don't break it down, you blow up. Unless you be sick everywhere, which I was. And that's, I still kept going because in my head it was just get it done, get it done, get it done. And it's Why is it such a mind game, mate? Because you ride it, I think. You ride it and it's a completely different perception of the actual distance and the effort itself. So when you come to run it and everything becomes so much slower and you can take more in, I know it's at night, but you can still see the gravel, you can see, feel, like, feel the hills, and you can see, um, still see the Himari well and it's it just... Captain's Rickson's well. And you, it just completely distorts the whole perception of the effort. And then from there, you just... I don't know, it just messes with your head and it's dark and you've got nothing to go on. You've got a car now and again, you've got lights popping up everywhere and it's, it's stimulus overload and also nothing is there. It's quite strange, isn't it? Because that's, it's like completely pitch black and then there's suddenly a lot going on because there's someone there or there's some lights or there's something happening or an aeroplane flying over and then it goes back to being absolutely dead again and you don't actually really even need a head torch. No. N no. Mm. Well, you did this year. Why? It was super dark. Nah. Nah. No? Shouldn't it, have had one on. It was the same darkness as it was a week before when I ran around without one. She's all right. On the, if you're running on the, on the tarmac, it's fine. I only found it, I used my head torch the previous week when I was running on the, on the gravel because it's just so uneven and I didn't really want to fall over, to be honest. But uh, yeah, on, and there was, no, there was no moon either weekend, was there? No. Colin's pictures make it look like there was a moon. <laughs> He's good at that though, isn't he? There's enough, there's enough light pollution that you can get away with it. There is now. Yeah. I sadly. think there's a unique factor to it as well. You're talking about the mind side of it. There's very few events that you finish on the bike. Nearly every event we do is yeah. finishing with a run. Yeah. So you never get that like satisfaction of finishing the run and being able to stop. You then have, you, your mind knows you've got one last bike to do. And that's such a unique part to the event. How does that feel, uh, the, the second bike, mate? It's always carnage. <laughs> you don't want to do it. In your legs, though, like, I mean, 
you know, people are thinking, like Skinny said, 42K and these idiots are running 8K more and then going back on the bike and, you know, the first year you were here, we, we ride it at like 38 average and it's like, oh my God, this is just, yeah. like, what does it feel like in the legs? It feels like you've just run 50K. <laughs> it's awful. But then it's quite relieving to be moving fast again. Yeah. But then you then realize how fatigued your legs are. But then once you're halfway around, you're like, okay, just halfway to go. And then you get the finish line feeling. I think yeah. if the run, you got the finish line feeling on the run, people's last 10K would be a lot different to how they are at the moment because you have to get on the bike. See lots of people on the run struggling from 30 to, well, 30 to 50. Yeah. Where, where normally they could probably run that distance really quite comfortably. Yeah. But maybe mentally they think, I've still got 20K runs to go and another bike yeah and it's at the time everyone hits that 30k point usually like around midnight that, one. i was gonna say yeah. it's about midnight. that's at the time that your circadian rhythm and everything plays chaos with you it's just totally relaxing yeah yeah i mean that that i think that's but there's the other factor as well that you get after 30k and then you hit babal shams road and you hit the 17k and it's just one straight, straight road, road. <laughs> straight road I mean, that's somehow tricky as well, right? I think yeah. on, I think it's not any trickier running than on the bike. It's just in slow motion running. Like on the bike, it's hard as well. It's, it's interesting how many people actually think or break it down that once they finish the run, it's just another 50K bike. Yeah. And they almost forget there's still, for some people, two hours, yeah. two hours, 20 minutes of, of exercise. But they've got, oh, once the run is done, it's easy. And it's yeah. really not. <laughs> Skinny's it, thinking about something to say here. It's not, see. but it but it is as well. <laughs> There's one person who's done a negative split on the 50-50-50 into the, the last 5K, John Noir, this time. His last 5K was ballistically fast. He made, he made up for it with the bike, though. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I was empty for the bike. Legs, again, felt absolutely fine. Yeah, Like, they were there. Fully there, but they were just... Could have gone harder on the runner. Well, I couldn't, could I? I was too busy in a hedge being sick. <laughs> that was the limiting factor. Mm. But it is, it's a, it's a strange feeling. Once you get to 25k, it's so much more easy to digest because you know what 30k feels like on a bike. It's super easy, yeah. not in your head. And then you sort of crack on. Yeah. So why, why has it attracted more interest over the years from athletes, clients, call them what we will, good friends, strange humans that live within our community? Dopamine. <laughs> oh, <good phrase. laughs> next, next question. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit more explanation here from someone would be good. I think it's uh, like Skinny said, when he first saw it, it was like, how the hell are you going to do that? Yeah. Or, and then you break it down for people. Okay, you can run 10K. You can run a marathon. You can run 50. Yeah. And I think I've certainly fallen into this trap. As long as you view it like an ultra, then you can do it because you can take your time and work through it. But How if you do you view, view something as an ultra, mate? Not as a race. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think when you then start to view it as a race, it becomes something a lot different. But for the people who think they can take it on, I think as coaches, because we've done it, we know how to frame it to them. Yeah. And everyone who does it their first time, none of us are telling them, none of us are giving them pace goals or, mm. you know, power goals or anything like that. It's like, okay, you're going to feel like this here and then keep doing that and keep doing that there. And it's always the people who are doing it usually on the second time round that fall into the trap of 
trying to set it to go faster. Yeah. And I think if we can, if people get their head around it's a challenge, then it's very doable for them. If we, t- if we called it a race, I think yeah. it would be a whole different ball game to yeah. a lot of people. It's judgment-free as well, isn't it? So if somebody wants to do the full 50-50-50, fantastic. But if somebody wants to make it a bit shorter, then it's also fantastic. Yeah. As long as somebody comes back and they've challenged themselves in that evening yeah. and they've made it, they've taken whatever it is they're doing and they've made it difficult for them, then everybody's happy. What do you reckon the biggest reason is when you ask people your general response from your athletes? What is it? Why do you want to do it? When you ask them, why do you want to do it? Like, why do you want to do 50-30-50 or 50-50-50? What's the biggest comeback? It's a challenge. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You want to see yeah. how far they can push themselves because they don't believe they could do it like yeah. a year ago. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a marker in the sand about where they are and where their training is. It's so important. And it's, it's, not, a, it's not a race. Mm. It's not an entry fee. It's with people that you respect and you spend half your time with it's at night in somewhere that you always train it's like a celebration yeah the night thing plays on a lot of people's minds right and i think to be honest we did the first sort of into the darkness up double half feet at the end of the week because i knew that's when we'd be the most fatigued and i also think if you put something like this on not on a Friday night, but on a Saturday night, you wouldn't sleep Friday night anyway. You'd have a shit day all day Saturday because you're nervous like hell about it. And then you'd, it could, you'd almost psych yourself out. But people are literally going from work at three or four o'clock on a, on a Friday afternoon to 6.30, you need to be in the car park, seven o'clock, everyone just sort of rolls out with no fanfare. But what is it about the night that just causes somehow uncertainty for people? Nobody really trains at nighttime. Everybody likes to go home, get rest, do their routine, wake up fresh, and then go and train fresh. But <laughs> training after a full week of work, fatigued, tired, in pitch black, when really you should be asleep, just adds an extra level of fun. Why don't, and complexity. Why don't endurance coaches program more night training for people? It's dangerous. Why? <laughs> it interrupts life. <laughs> it's not specific, is it? Unless you're going to do a night a night thing. There aren't any night triathlons that I know of. Maybe Vegas? Maybe. 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 But mate, why, like everyone's talking about developing mental strength. Why, why aren't people using a tool like training at night on the weekend? It's a good question. Probably because it wrecks the rest of your weekend. I think what you've got to mm. consider with our guys is that half, they're not professional athletes unless some of them want to be. And to train in the evening would technically wreck their following day and, well, not wreck it, but they'd be very sleep deprived and they'd be ten, like spending quality time with their loved ones and families. And to put sessions in in the evening and would, would technically like interrupt that and then therefore break the, break the habit that we form with them about a healthy lifestyle. I'm going to completely bands. counter you here. Go for it. You program a session. Is the ride starting at five o'clock this Saturday? Yes. Yeah? yeah. Okay, yeah. The ride starts at five o'clock. That person, if they want to ride good on a Saturday, they're in bed early on a Friday night. So they've sacrificed that evening. If they ride properly, you cannot do anything all day Saturday. It's the same. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> because they're not breaking a, any sort of habit by going to bed early. That's a good habit that we want to get people into, especially in this country. Yeah. And that's probably a rhythm they've set up with their family. So they're 
spouse and their kids know that that's bedtime then they relax they chill out they go to sleep yeah then they wake up fresh and happy instead of going out on a bender and then they get to crack on and have a good time on a bike which is technically depends how hard you make it but you can sit in zone two and then you get home refuel have a little nap on the couch get up crack on there's a few different sides to the story depends who is on the ride both can (laughs) mess you up yeah but yeah yeah the best way is turbo trainer when you wake up naturally but that's not life really is it for a lot of people so the main reason why more people signed up this or more people wanted to do it there is actually no official sign up there's no race you don't have to register you don't get a number you don't get a medal you don't get a t-shirt you don't get nothing if you're lucky you get someone sometimes you don't even get support (laughs) i was gonna say if you're lucky so that's the thing like someone just roll back into the car park get in their car oh he's here hi john you know the challenge. Talk to us a little bit about a shift from race, 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 race to I just want to challenge myself and feel like I'm getting a little bit better. Because it's, it's a movement we've seen a lot in the last sort of 24 months, I'm going to say. Because mm. there were no races 24 months ago. Yeah, so people could focus in on their own personal development internally without having an like external measure, so a finish line. I think that it just appeals to more and more people because they can dictate the the situation and they can choose something that scares them. So, for example, if they don't want to do the 50-50-50, they can do a 50-49-50 and there'll be zero judgment and they can choose that as their benchmark. I think the attraction's gone to it because... Oh, yeah, yeah, hang on a minute. Did you say 49? Then? Yeah, there'll be judgment for that, mate. They'll definitely... If, if <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> like 48? Let's be 47? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> 45. <laughs> Theoretically speaking. Okay, if you just want to do 20 or 30 or you set out to do 35, I get what you're saying. But guys, if, you, if you're trying to do 50, 50, 50 and your Garmin only is on 48 or 49 when you come back, you do fucking laps of the car park, full stop. Anyway, we'll move. I won't check anyone's training picks. We won't judge them this year. We'll move on. But I think your point is that you do what you feel as a human along with your coach is is going to challenge you and 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 also i think give you a good night out in a way like it's not all going to be you know it's not all going to be super smooth and that's what you guys are managing to get people sort of to the edge on the edge a little bit of exposure to something a little bit maybe harder than they've ever done before but you know you'll bring them sort of background yeah it's a responsibility yeah. To not set people up to fail, really. And I, I would really argue, maybe not this year, but in the past year, last year, some of my guys who were doing like a 50, 25, 50 probably did something more impressive than a couple of the guys who did the full 100 50, 50, 50. Yeah. And that's where it's a little bit difficult because we're recognizing the event is 50, 50, 50, and we're recognizing people and the names of the people who completed 50, 50, 50 will go up on the board in the gym. But actually, for some people to complete 50-20 or 50-15 or 50-35-50 or even a less... Did anyone ride less after? No. I think most people that got back on the bike did full 50K, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was someone last year. Who was it? Nabil last year. Yeah. yeah. He did. He rode there and back and we told him, get back out there and finish it. And finish. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's very true, mate. And that... That in itself provides quite a lot of motivation for people for potentially the next year or 
I don't think anyone's done it mid-year, which is quite interesting as well. Have they? We get a couple of re-attempts, don't we? Yeah, you were the only one last year. Ah, uh, Rickson. Ah, <laughs> uh, Trixon, Rickson. But yeah, there's not actually that many who re-attempt it. No. I think because part of the fun of it is doing it when everyone else does it. Yeah. You have to be... We, we tend to, well, we, we do it when no one else does it because we quite enjoy it. But <laughs> for most people, the community element is huge. Yeah. So knowing that all your friends are there, there's a big buzz around it. You know, you might get a fist bump and a high five when you're finished, but ultimately that's it. People just like to be out at the same time of, uh, as others, supporting others and, yeah, taking on their own challenge. Before we come to that last bit, I want to just keep that thought of how, how it ends. We've touched on it a couple of times. Some highlights, lowlights, amusing points from this year's 50-50-50 that we want to mention? Finishes? I want to mention how angry you are on the bike. Okay, we'll start there because that literally started (laughs) like... I I said to him, he said, oh, it's a big group. By the way, Tom was looking at Skinny when he was saying angry, not me. <laughs> Just <for laughs> Both of you, I think. Hey, what did I say to you, mate, in the car park? He goes, holy shit, it's a big group. I said, no problem. We'll ride easy to the corner. We'll take it up a little bit to the solar park, and then we'll let go at the solar park. Answer Tom's question, mate. <laughs> I just misjudged my effort. <laughs> we told you a couple times to relax. I did relax. A couple times. It was... Um, <laughs> Jeff's, Jeff's quote's the best thing. Are you getting it up now? I'm going to get this quote go up then, from go Jeff. Go and quote it. It's the best quote. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. I'll say fine. <laughs> yeah, so I've just um, brought my, o- my old Rello over from the UK. I got a bit excited. Legs are quite fresh and I just got a bit, I just got a bit excited. <laughs> no, uh, no power data. No, watch that no le- was done, Didn't even know how fast we were going. Didn't know anything. Nothing. But I, but I actually wouldn't change it at all. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I we, have, we, I drop, have. we drop back to get them. I have the quote. Go for it. You're 2.87 kilometers from Zads. You've done zero stretching. You've been standing around posing for photos for 15 minutes and some muppet on the front decides to take the right-hander at over 40K an hour. Anyone know who was on the front? (laughs) (laughs) That was Jeff. He gave me some stick. But fair to was like... I think it's kind of like a a rite of passage for it now is people think the ride is going to start calm. Mm. People think we're there to boss them around which we are a little bit but then it's like it's your your night there you have support i think it's a great analogy for the whole night like you have support if you want it you have everything laid out for you but at the end of the day you are on your own and you're the only person who could get yourself around it and that bike i don't think anyone complains because they will prep for it but if you decide to hang on you're going to get cooked pretty fast (laughs) and if you're smart you back off and you ride to what you've been told to ride to or with a slower group. Yeah. Unless you sit behind Marcus because that's like, that you can fully draft there. I, I think I'd drop out 100 watts sitting behind Marcus. It's quite interesting because if you look at the times that we've done it, mm-hmm. both in the day, into the daylight and at night, the first lap cycling is always absolute mayhem. Always. A- absolute And it's carnage. so exciting. It's... The really fir- good. The first lap we did into the daylight, yeah. I think it's the fastest lap I've ever done around El Kudra. <laughs> but the second lap is probably the and slowest second lap. It's <laughs> the first time I've had to stop and put my legs up at one of the chairs. Twice. Like Carmen was close to calling an ambulance. <laughs> we stopped twice on the second lap. I yeah. think. Twice or three times? It was we weren't with we'll you. We'll call Nick Mingay now and ask. 
It was two, eh? We had to stop. To I think we stopped twice. We were like um, horses running around. We had to stop to chuck water on chuck our faces. Water on on and, the top. And then I had to stop when Nick felt a little bit lightheaded. It is the, I think it's the biggest pack we've ever led off, actually. It's absolute carnage. I think that, I can't, I think the videos, you can't really count. There's probably about 50 or 60 people on bikes. At least, yeah. Which is probably the biggest pack of Interfight Endurance riders that we've ever ever taken out and it st- stayed together for a long time because uh, we were following in the car but then when <laughs> i say a long time <laughs> split into three groups which then regrouped back to two so there's a lead group and a second main group the together. second group was jeff at al wasn't it and yeah. stevie little was leading them out that's right and then yeah. we we picked up we picked up group two group and two. dragged them up yeah and then all sort of stayed together yeah and, and no crashes, eh? No crashes. No crashes. I was actually quite surprised that there was no clips, especially a few uh, of Tom's clients riding TT bikes. Uh, I didn't have any. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Pizza boy. <laughs> no, that's a road bike with TT <laughs> bars. So technicalities. <laughs> Some technicalities kicking around. But to be fair to people, they don't have road bikes and TT bikes. So if they've got a TT bike, they're on a TT bike. But it was... Uh, Anyone looking for a TT bike? I'm selling one. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Jones is looking at it. I'm not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put TT bars on my uh, mountain bike. <laughs> there is a guy that does that, actually. If Hannah's done it as well, actually. Oh. For a race. Uh, yeah, she's got mm. uh, those little... They suggest it for clip-ons. ultra cycling. They're almost like clip-ons, aren't mm. they? Yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of quite common. So the first, the first bike, no matter, I think no matter what group you're in, is is pretty hectic. I think one, one of the ways that people were saved this year is that the guys that were perhaps leading and riding on the front of those groups were, were not running, so they were taking a lot of the work. The run, you're on your own. We summed it up quite well there. I think you're, you're going through all the emotions, aren't you? There's, there's the start bit, which is mayhem, and then you sort of drop out, and it gets quite, I think it gets quite peaceful mm-hmm. after about 15 kilometers, and then you get to sort of 30, and you go up a hill, then you hit 17 to go and you realize that it's one long straight road and then you start to think that you have to ride your bike again 50k but everyone it's it's quite funny because it's not exclusive to the guys that cycled a lot of the runners as well when they hit the 17k to go or they hit the mosque a lot of those guys if you you look at their files they they slowed down a lot why why is that why are we seeing people were they just gassing it as hard as they could or is it is the devil really living up there in Alcudra? Looking at me for a theory, and I have one. There's a <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, as you come down to that road. There's a hill that you run down. You actually have gone down two hills, and I think people are probably so used to running on flat road with none of that stimulus going into their legs. Yeah. Then at thirty k, you run up and then down, and then you run up and down again into that basin bit and. I think that is enough to catch people out. Yeah. And then mentally, a little bit of a switch goes, but also the legs physically will Starts feel it more different. there. Yeah, I agree. Skinny, you got something. Well, there's also, I'm actually on the way up to the mosque. Slightly uphill. There's a there's slight incline. False eh? flat, and that really can catch you out because you're trying to work at the same level because you haven't got the perception of the hill. Mm. Apart yeah. from that, you might feel a bit hard about, I'm, I'm just a bit tired, aren't I? Mm. and then it then it says oh no i'm actually working heaps harder mm. and then it goes bang it's not too different 
to be honest, into from 25K into that sort of 30K point because the perception of distance is absolutely zero because it's the darkest part. When I was running to you guys the other week, it was, it was the same and I really noticed it because I was out of water and I wanted, I wanted to get there. And it, it sort of undulates a little bit as well. And when, that, when the point of reference is, is removed, you, you just, am I going up, am I going down? So yeah, but that bit into the mosque is, is hectic. We saw some very decent runs on the weekend. Maybe we chat about some of, the, some of the great times that we saw and some impressive performances in the run. Yeah. Ollie. Ollie. Ollie, yeah. Ollie. He, he did. 4.11? Something like that, 4.11 yeah. after the bike it was, yeah. And he had a good a five, bike. A 501, uh, 5.01 average pace we looked at, wasn't it? Oh. Yeah, that was it. it was superb on, on maple syrup and beetroot juice. Yeah. There we go. The life of a uh, trolley dolly. Nailed it. I think the other thing with him, his attitude is amazing. Was incredible. And I said this to a few people because people were like, oh, he was telling his support vehicle to trust him and to, because they were like, you should eat something. And he said, no, I know what I need to do. And I said, that attitude wow. is why he did so well because he'd planned it and he trusted it. And, wow. and he was telling the support crew what to do. Oh, Whereas yeah. a lot of other people probably look to their support crew to help them. Yeah. And so when you were on that, when you're confident enough to be telling people what to do, yeah. then that changes mentally the ball game for you. On that point, mate, I think we should, A, give a big shout out to everyone who gave up their time to support on behalf of the yeah. athletes. And B, if they didn't have a plan with their athlete, if they're going to be support crew next year to maybe cement a plan, because that's like, people are often <laughs> trying to force feed you stuff and they don't know what you're, and, and some people won't tell them to get fucked. No. Like, because they're out there and, and, you know, but sometimes, you know, you just don't want it and you need to say, you, know, you don't need to be that rude, but you just need to say no. So, but a big shout out to everyone who came out to support an athlete or just to come and support the whole thing. Came up to Zads and minced around, had an ice cream and left. There was a couple of those and yeah, it's super important. Other good runs that we saw, anyone to be named? Paul Patterson had a good run. Yeah, he did. There was actually the, the ultra guys. They all set off. They're all uh, <laughs> without without planning it. They're all quite competitive. So Very it was an interesting. So. They all came through the thirty k mark within a couple of minutes of each other. There was Abdul. Yeah. There was Paul. Adriana. Joao. Joao. Yeah. Um, and so it was a good hustle there to see who was going to win that. And, and then exactly Arish came why, through. That's exactly why I sent Omar and Akbar the other way. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't get involved in anything. But they hated me for it because the last 10k is very soft now if you stay off the track because of the winds blown a lot of the sand towards it. You mentioned Arish, mate. Tell us a little bit about her. She had a great great day out. Yeah, Arish is training for a marathon. Um, so she didn't really need to do the distance she did, but we planned 30k. She got to 30, felt good. And so went an extra five. Well, Unbelievable. 35. she got peer pressured into... A little bit peer pressured, yeah. <laughs> Solid, yeah. But she came in the, the th 30K, she came in 15 minutes faster than we'd planned, so... That's excellent. Great. Maybe 17 minutes, actually. Alejandro um, went 32 minutes faster as well, didn't he, for yep. his 50K? He did. Wow. It's insane, yeah. People who look really fresh crossing the imaginary finish line. Um, Steph Donaldson looked ridiculously happy. Yes. She, I think, buried some demons out there, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And then Mary Leary crossed like she'd literally just come off. I, I don't know, no. She just looked super fresh. Yeah. And looked, like owned it. Like just took control. I think did a did an ollie and just was master of their destiny. Yeah. I think a special shout out to Reese who joined the short, short, shorts gang. 
I think really that was her superpower. <laughs> Jamie as well. Jamie as well, but for different reasons. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy arrived in from the run in pants, I believe. A budgie, he needs a budgie sponsor. Budgie <laughs> Moving to the guys, that, unless there's anyone else to mention for running, if we missed you out or if you think you should have a shout out. <laughs> You've, I don't know. Anyway, Tough. we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't stand out enough. <laughs> All complaints go to rf at innerfight.com for this yeah. one. Community <laughs> manager. Bob Cam88. <laughs> Bob Cam88 on Instagram. We then moved to the bike, which, as we said, for the guys who were going back out on the bike, is a completely different dynamic. For a lot of these guys, it's completely new territory. Jamie, as we said, Jamie just came out last year, had a look at what we we're doing, liked it and said, I'll do that in a year. And he gets back in from the run with CrossFit shorts tucked up into his armpits, literally. Mm. <laughs> Although no real chafe, and that's why. Anyway, so these guys go back out on the bike. They're going through what we said. The legs are a bit cooked, but mentally it's 50K. For some of them, it took two hours. For most of them, they got, they had someone who was there to help them out, which I think those guys we should definitely recognize. Jason cycled 200? 200K, yeah. 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 And he just got K. off the plane from Singapore a day and a half before that. Incredible. Jad also, Jad like doping. Jad, and he absolutely destroyed one of the most amazing looking ice creams, Oreo ice cream sandwich at the end and didn't care a shit about it. <laughs> he was very happy with himself. Jad also rode a few laps, I think. Yeah. yeah. yeah he and did he it. was a uh, support car as well, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For Nash. Nash. Nash put in a good shift. Nash did a decent Jeff. shift. She yeah. stayed until the very end to make yeah. sure. Uh, who else? You. Me. You put ah. in a good shift. I genuinely had a flat front tyre. Mm. Allegedly. And mm. I asked Herman, he's there fixing it now. <laughs> we saw him take it out. <laughs> what can I do? Yeah, that was fine though. I think I think Jason and Naj and Jad <coughs> did an absolute stellar job. I think Jad in particular took a lot of responsibility in controlling the group in the first ride. Fantastic to see. Really taking his assistant coach on. Yeah, I think that was that was pretty <laughs> impressive. Me and Thomas were sat at the back and he'd he'd sit a little bit on the front, he'd then come back, he'd recover and like how hard he was working to then get back on the front and not knock people off like you were trying to do, then yeah. like he was he was probably putting a shift in and He's no one asked him to. Quite scared of your anger, to be honest. Yeah. So was Cronin uh, face, but anyway, <laughs> let's take it to the finish line. When these guys got or to the end, there is no real finish line. The finish line is when it says 50k on the Garmin, not 48 point whatever or 49 point whatever. Two. Two, threes. We've seen it all. Don't worry. It's all good. We won't call you out. You know who you are. We know who you are. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. What's the feels like at the end when people, because Rob, you said it, no medals, no, there's not much going on, but just a few. And, and for some of the guys that maybe came in at a time that wasn't so busy, well, there's not many people around. There wasn't many people around. Mm. And they literally just back at their bikes, get an ice cream and go home. So what are some of the feels? What are some of the things that we saw out there? I think for some, it's relief. For some, it's elation. For some, <laughs> it's disappointment that they yeah. could have done better. It's, it's a real mixed bag. And you see, it's interesting because you see people arrive and you see some of them are just ecstatic that they finished and others just drop their head. They're just knackered. They don't know what to do. And give them five minutes, they perk right back up. You just let them digest what's happened. 
for the guys that have never done it before, some of them find it really quite easy, but others find it insanely difficult. Mm. So it's, a, it's, a, it's so individual. It's quite exciting to see what people are like when they come around that corner. I think Zad's is a great leveller. <laughs> I think those wraps really level people out. But regardless if you've had a great run or a bike and run, or you've had a bad one, or you've had like an okay one, it just it levels it off because nobody knows what you've actually done really, mm. apart from a coach. You lose all sense of time. And then yeah. you'll go, oh, how was it then? And you're not asking like, oh, how, like specifics. They just go, oh, yeah, it was all right. And sit down and have a... Have a have well, a coffee and go have home. an Oreo ice cream it's fantastic it's yeah. and the emotions you sort of see come out once they sort of regather themselves but yeah it's I think it's class how how just nothing that place is <laughs> walk in sometimes there's a round of applause but it's yeah. very short and yeah. then it's just everybody's cracks on because they get yeah. like, distracted by a light and then the next person comes in and it's just oh how is it I think the happiest two people I saw were Tarek and Jeff when they came around the corner because they got in one minute before official sunrise. Oh, really? Something like that. I remember it being after, but that's okay. Oh, really? <laughs> 529. Is that where you got your suntan oh. from, mate? That's, uh <laughs> and, uh, I, I actually think that's quite interesting. Is I'm always pretty hard with my guys. I'm like, I'll be here till sunrise. And that's the goal. Because that's what it is. Sun, yeah. Sunset yeah. to sunrise. And so, yeah, it's like... Obviously, on, on this time around, I knew they were really close. Like 5.31, I think they came in it. Yeah. So I waited for, for Tarek. But I've said to some of my guys in the past, if they're, if they're going, let's say the run took them way longer than they expected, and they've only got an hour to complete the bike before sunrise, I tell them, that's it. It's enough. And you try again next year when we can do this before sunrise. And they hate it at the time. But I think it's the right thing because that's the challenge. Yeah. Sun, sunset to sunrise. That's the so challenge. It's almost like you need to be on the bike two hours before or mm -hmm. it's the cutoff. Yeah. You had that conversation once this year, right? Uh, kind of. Also, for a, he was medically probably not safe to go back out there. Yeah. And then the, but the year before, I had a conversation with, with Miles. And a lot of people know this. And he actually went against me and set off. And I said, all good, but I, I just let you know I won't be here. And then he got down to the corner, 2.8K in and turned around and came back. He said, no, you're right, I'm fucked. Wow. <laughs> Were you still there? <laughs> I was still there then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's quite interesting. And I think it, the more people take time to reflect on how they felt at the end and how different it is to a normal race where there's no fanfare, no big timer, you know, like you said, mate, like someone will come in, everyone will acknowledge them and yeah. then just carry on. Someone will go over, make sure they're okay. And I think there's two things as well. The ones who've enjoyed it, yeah. they don't want it to end. So they don't leave, yeah. Yeah. they stay around. And the ones who hated it are the first ones to get in their car and go. Yeah. I'm not saying there's a right or wrong, but it's very obvious the guys who've, who kind of don't want to let go of the feeling what they've just achieved. Because when you get home and you have nothing really to show for it except your own feelings it's like yeah. oh man now we're back to reality how do you think people communicate to their friends family outside of the inner fight community what they've just done and how do you think that's actually received <laughs> harder huh? no idea no nobody <laughs> really understands it's very hard to explain what, 60 people lined up outside Zad's about to go and 
run ride and run <laughs> through the night what it actually looks like and feels like and the conversations you have and how meaningless potentially most of them are at the beginning and how meaningless <laughs> so they are at the meaningless. end it's just it's fantastic it's like it's, it's off, off it's not into the darkness but it's when Naj did a 300k and somebody at the end was like where's your medal then and that's the question she got asked oh mm. so did you win wow no, I think as coaches, it's hard to describe as well. Yeah, you know, I don't know how many coaches out there would. I mean, we stayed up. Most of us were up at five that morning, and and we didn't get to bed till seven the other morning. So, but I think we all know as coaches that we wouldn't. And I can genuinely say I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah, it's insane. Like I'm normally asleep at eight. (laughs) Literally the worst person to have a conversation with after eight, and I'm like buzzed to the whole night. (laughs) Three a.m. We have a picture of us outside Zad's. In complete hysterics, and and it's just such a proud place to be. Yeah. And like I say, other people don't really know what's going on. So I think for athletes to explain it to people is is very difficult. And I think even from our standpoint of coaches to explain it to people, and it's one of the best coaching experiences you can get yeah. as a coach. You're dealing with people who want to quit, who shouldn't quit, and you're dealing with people who don't want to quit, who should, should quit. quit. <laughs> There's no place like it. Do you think once? they've tried and failed to explain it to their friends and family then they go through this certain amount of reflection that then changes their perception of what competition is and what challenge is and why maybe they do endurance sports that's another one yeah definitely yeah I think that comes after any event but particularly after ones that's taken you through the night, yeah. mentally very difficult, even more so. And, and people should do it. That's healthy. That's why they should be doing it. I think it's one of the most powerful tools that we have within our sort of annual calendar coaching booklet for people. Because now you see people that have very little fear when it comes into a, a race. Like everyone mm-hmm. that's completed 50-50-50, they don't, they, th- they feel and they come across very different about challenges. Like yeah. last year I had Salma do it for the first time and this year we didn't really train for it. She took probably a f- little bit longer than last year, I think, but smiled a lot more, but just knew that she could, she could do it. Mm. I think people are quite often, the people that do this event will have trained hard, yes, but they've never done anything that long and maybe never had that many emotional ups and downs that they'd experience in that event in that short space of time. So when they come through, they they come up back, whether they've done what they wanted to or not, they're much, much stronger people mentally, not physically. But e- <laughs> even in even in if they don't get their distance done, it's, yeah. it builds them up so much stronger, right? And it gives them a level of determination that runs deeper than just getting a medal or a PB. It's like, mm. I will do this for me. And it really brings it back to why they're doing it. So the fanfare you get at the end of a race and the, the threshold you do for 10K or whatever, it, it doesn't seem as daunting, right? It doesn't seem like it's unachievable and they, can, mm. they know they've got that next level of, I don't know what you'd call it, just grit. They've just got the next level. To move up and then really, really give it to them. So, yeah. One person that we didn't mention who's a female who completed it on, on her debut first time, it was Dina who rode 137, then ran a 504, and then road 202, which is incredibly solid. Mm -hmm. And she joins, I think, less than half a dozen females who have actually completed it. 
So when she came past on the run, she looked super strong. Just glided yeah, through, didn't she? she? Was Barely noticed her. Some form like. Yeah. Jeff, second year in a row? Yes. Anyone else do last year and this year? It's interesting. Which is which actually make because I spoke to quite a few people. Jason obviously rode two hundred Ks this year, did the whole thing last year. Ivan did the whole thing last year, didn't do it this year. There's, it's very interesting to see how the event sort of sits with people. Rickson did it twice last year or once and a half last year, didn't, didn't attempt it this year because he has different goals. Everyone has their reason, but it's quite interesting to see how it goes. But Jeff is the only person that's done back-to-back, I think. He was super. He didn't go to go and smash himself. He went just going to have fun. And you know what Jeff's like. He's community guys and he's, he was there. Oh, the Jeff Award. The Jeff Award. <laughs> the Jeff Award, yeah. And his feedback, I was like, Jeff, come on. You're sitting in transition. Just chilling out. He goes, no, no, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Jamie and we're going to run together. And he was so stubborn. He wouldn't move. Yeah. He was just sacrificing his And then night. he gassed him. <laughs> literally Peace from out. the start i found them at 15k and they weren't even together yeah anyway the intention was there right the intention was there any final thoughts words of wisdom words of inspiration let's go from you foster to start with i think if you've seen it and you want to do it do it and commit to it now i think it's an incredible event and something that brings such clarity to your training that it's it's a must if you even think you want to do it. Tom? I think the actual special part is to be more or less on your own in the darkness in a 50K loop where there's no turning back. And if you do, you have to run back as far as you've run out. (laughs) And I think, yeah, you could wait till our community does it again next year. But if you really do want to do it and you feel like you're in a position to go and do it, I would just pack a cool box and go and do it. RF at innerfight.com. He will support you. Robert yes please do it not just not for the physical side of it but to learn a lot more about yourself yeah yeah awesome gents thank you very much congratulations to everyone that completed the full 50 50 50 also congratulations to those that did some form of it there was people that ran 50k for the first time there's people like you said tom that did 50 25 50 and that was their absolute limit and that's a great night out we encourage them to do 50 50 50 it might happen again next year we'll keep you up to date thanks a lot for joining us